Hello and welcome to episode 108 of the Talking Wednesday podcast. Dex and Jake joining you this week. I hope this episode finds you well as always. Let's do the housekeeper before I ask you how your week's been, mate. Yep. Let's do do it that way. So, if you like the Talking Wednesday podcast, you can go and follow our socials at Talking Wed. There's a Discord available for members with membership options ranging on the channel. You can get an exclusive podcast. Let's get this all out of the way. There's an exclusive podcast, Talking Wednesday Extra, um, available for our £5 members and above. And if you want to leave us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, you can do just that. It feels really weird just going straight into the reads. But mm. one more read. Do you like our owl? Do you like our Talking Wednesday Owl, Jake? I love our Talking Wednesday Owl. I think it's very good, isn't it? Yes. Our most our most recent redesign was carried out by somebody with over 20 years graphic design experience. If you are in need of a graphic designer, we would happily recommend Goose Creative. You can find them on Twitter at Goose Creative, on Instagram, Goose underscore Creative Design, or at www.goosecreative.com. The man responsible for our Talking Wednesday Owl, if you want some work done. Go over there and get some work done. But let's start the podcast how we always start it. How has your week been, mate? It's been good. Uh, got thrown a little bit of a curveball on the Monday. I was like, ah, okay, I'll do it then. <laughs> I'll get it done. <laughs> Everyone just died on me. Um, what? You, you died. You got ill. Oh, yeah. Jack was busy. Like the roles have reversed. Um but yeah, got that done. And slowly, I know he's taking my bit. So slowly but well surely, getting bits and pieces done at the minute. Uh, I'm planning for a little bit of thing for next year, channel wise. I'm also I've got right. I'm at that age where every here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old man Jake starting again. I've got the flat cap on. Don't start. Um, it's not come going bald. It's just like I ain't gonna haircut. Um. I'm getting to that age where every time something pops or something, I have to go to the doctors. And this one was a great one. I went to the doctors. He went, what a me I said, I did something. It went, ow. And he went like that. And he went, oh, he popped out of place. I can get that back in for you. Dumb. Like, ow, warning. Like, no, no, I'm not giving you warning. That means you've got a chance to go How cry. do people do, how do people just like pop out a hip? Oh, I've been able to do it since I was a kid. This is an F&D, you F&D weirdos. Thing. Like, there is just people who go, oh, yeah, I just sort of like hit into a door and my arm went backwards. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I've got, uh, I'm hyper flexible mobility. And right. I've also got the thing is, because of when I fall, fall in comments, from having the blackouts and seizures, I always land on, land on this side. So my left side of my shoulder is the weaker point. So I always dislocate it. And the amount of times I'll just go, oh, that not, doesn't look right. And the best one was when I was in a shop, I like went to try and grab something and I was trying to use my left arm and I couldn't use it. And this woman was like, you okay? I went, yeah, fine, why? Um, Your arm's hanging. I was like, ah, uh, give me a I minute. I remember when you fell into a fork. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you were like out of action for some time. And I was like, what's the matter, Jake? And you went, I fell into a fork. <laughs> That was really hard. <laughs> Not like a, a prop, like a, a dinner fork. <laughs> because you'd had, I, we shouldn't be laughing because obviously you'd had a seizure and you'd fallen, but you fell into a dinner fork. <laughs> Did you still have any gravy, like mashed potatoes and gravy? Oh, like no, I had a full thing? dinner. Oh, oh I had is a full it, yeah. dinner. 
You know when you get those kids where they see them where they're just slowly falling asleep and they go, damn, it wasn't that, I just went bang. <laughs> need to get you the uh, the safety scissors and the glitter, don't we, Jake? Oh, don't. I, I got a, I got a, something for the post the other day because I because I have to sign up to certain things. It's like, do you need any mobility aids? I was like, oh, we got to that point. Because I do own walking sticks, for the record. Hang on, I've just noticed something in your background. What? You and Jack are doing this on-air thing. I'd use it on the stream. When did we come, when did we go back into like... I use it on the stream. 2006. I, a, I do have a Sheffield Wednesday badge coming that's been made. I haven't turned it on though. Right, at least your wire management doesn't look as bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's... Oh no, it is. It is bad, not, actually. I take it back. No, I take it back. It's not that bad. He completely ignored my comment when I... Because he's got slats in his wall, right? And he's got a wire coming. That, that I was like, just clip it to those slats so you can't notice it. Why do you just want a side with a massive wire? Yeah, but remember, his brand is scuffed. So it fits his brand, he's scuffed. Are you sure he's decided on that and you're not just mocking him? No, I'm 100% sure he's decided on that. <laughs> I wouldn't mock. I'll point and laugh and then mock. <laughs> I can't believe you both got on air signs. I'll turn well, it on if you what, don't start. I know what you boys are getting me for my birthday. <laughs> Nothing. Um, but if you were, <laughs> on air sign. Um, well, maybe not an on air sign. Maybe open for business. <laughs> I don't know what you're... I actually don't know if you're trying to insult me there or you're trying to be make some sort of lewd gesture or something. I, I actually don't know what you're getting at and that's slightly more concerning than if I did know what you were getting at. How's your week been anyway, mate? I was poorly at the start um, and then I slowly dragged myself through it and then the snow hit. Oh, and that snow yeah. was horrible. That messed some travel things up that I was doing in terms of the fact that they just shut things. Yeah. Like shop shut everywhere. Because I meant to work in Sheffield on a Friday yeah. and everywhere decided just to it shut. Did. Yeah, uh, we shut. I was halfway to walking to school with the little and the Oh, shop. did your school shut? Yeah, it yeah. shut. It was like, please turn around, come home, go sledding. I was like, all right, see ya. Bye. Well, I was meant, I was meant to do some, some music work and then the place that does that shut. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm not, <laughs> I guess I'm not doing anything today. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, to be honest, I didn't fancy, I've driven into Sheffield in the snow. No, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. Also, let's just remind, remind everyone, it is March and it snowed. Yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Also, something that was really depressing that just came up on my Facebook timeline from one of my friends. It's three years since the first lockdown. Miss those days. <laughs> I know you shouldn't say that. <laughs> you shouldn't really say that at all. But you were less busy. You had more time. Yeah. And like, I, I'm sure it took a mental toll in the fact that I'm genuinely mental. And obviously, I did go a bit insane at one point. Let's just forget that bit. But, like, in terms of, like, when I kind of, like... I said like a lot. I feel like I'm at Coachella. <laughs> when I, I don't know, there was times where I just had a bit more time to do things. But at the same time, people, when you were doing I know, the, there wasn't, But there wasn't an expectation, yeah. Jake, to do things. 
No. And you know when that pressure's off slightly? Yeah. It did have slight positives when there wasn't a... Because I'm, I'm kind of... I've always called myself like an introverted extrovert. Yeah. I can like... I, I'm quite, quite chatty I and I'm quite approachable. And then I will close the door and I'll be like, Bye. quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gonna gonna chill out now. You know, our I'm, social battery I'm gonna, is depleted. I'm gonna reboot in the corner. Please leave me alone. Yeah, pretty much. I've done all my but, social interactions. So when there's no like, and I actually really do enjoy seeing my friends and things like that. But when there's like no social engagement, that sort of thing that was expected. Some things were sad. You miss some things, but some things were fantastic. Oh, oh no, God, I can't. Yeah. Sorry, COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those little words. <laughs> I got out of so much because of that. Because I'm in the high, you're you're like me in the high risk category as well. Mm. Um, mm. But also, what you got to remember though, while you were setting up the Talking Wednesday as it stands now, because we started most of that during lockdown and doing the stream, you were also giving people escape escapism during it, which was nice to provide that kind of service. Basically, you're saying I was a I was a hero. Is what you what you what you getting at? No, no. No? I'm just saying somebody had an internet connection with a lot of time on his <laughs> <laughs> No, um No, it was really because that season as well, I enjoyed the fact that I could stream every single game and there also wasn't the pressure to like because you do find this as a I actually don't care anymore. Like I will like oh spoilers, not a spoiler, I need to mention this. I'm doing a dexterity watch for the Barnsley game. Yeah. So much would be one where that I'd just go to that because can you imagine doing like content on it and getting stick for it? Because, oh, why didn't you actually go? Nowadays, I've got such a... I enjoy like streaming to the community enough that I'm like, I don't care what you think, Yeah. right? Call me an armchair because I've decided not to go to a match and I've decided to stream it. I'm going to do that. So there is a dexterity watch for that Barnsley game coming up. Obviously, that's a little bit... that. uh, The reason I'm mentioning that because... The plan is there won't be a podcast next week at normal time. It will be after the Barnsley game. Yep. So keep eyes on that. So you won't have another podcast if you're on Audio Feast to do that. Go over to the Dexterity Box channel and there will be a... There'll be a Dexterity Watch along. There'll be 10 minutes of stretching our legs and then sitting down to talk all all over. Say 10 minutes. It usually ends up being half an hour and then we end up going forever, doesn't it? Yeah. I meant 10 minutes before we start just so we stretch our legs and then go get that. Yeah, exactly. But that might even... um, might have all three of us on. Yeah. We'll try and work it out. It's very difficult because you and Jack have got the internet that's like banging two sticks together and like, or the, you know, the old tin can communication of like speaking, not banging two sticks together, okay? <laughs> that was just what you two do on a Friday night. It's 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 the, the tin can sort of like with the string between and like shouting down it. That's uh, your level of internet. P- potato internet. Yes. If what happened when you live in places which didn't get telephones until a while ago i know so's parents house because i i ended up um during some snow and stuff i got stuck there for a while and then there was um i think i got a, a part of the pandemic like we I were moving some stuff around stuff. and and just and like, like right i'm gonna go for like a couple of hours while it downloads and i was like a couple yeah. of hours <laughs> yeah it was it was rough i mean it was lovely because it was scenic and it was it was quite nice around there because it was, it was sort of like you couldn't see anyone for quite a while and you could walk the dogs yeah. and you could like, you know, it was a very socially distant space. That, However, the, <laughs> it showed the internet because the internet was aggressively bad. So if I really so need bad. this to get sent over, can you just 
make but it do you remember the days where we could do three hour podcasts yes and I could literally just leave them to upload all day because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I had yeah. nothing else to do oh reminiscing about a global pandemic isn't that the state of capitalism we are in right now <laughs> consumerism <laughs> Oh, do you remember when we didn't feel like we were so stressed and we had so much to do because there was a globe? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we got a random topic to start us off, not as if we needed one. Steve A writes in, just like you can on the Discord community tab or by email. It says, favourite pasta dish? Ooh. These topics are back. Get them in. Stuffed spinach, ricotta, cannelloni. Sorry, <laughs> that was a very, that was very. Uh, I was gonna say, I say, I was gonna say, like, do you remember the old facetious thing? Well, you say simple. anything that like sounds remotely posh, you call it a, a Tory food. No, yeah. just my friend group. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. That's oh, not no, getting no. political. Don't start. But like, no, no, and then I, I, then I'm I, in the same friend group. <laughs> but then I talk about cheese and wine all yeah. the time. <laughs> so you know. Tory. Yeah, it's that sort of, yeah, exactly. Um, hmm. And I can't, you can't beat a good lasagna as well. Well, do you want to know something really tragic to start? Because of some health reasons. You can't have I've, pasta. Well, no, I can. Right. But I'm trying to change different things and see what works. And I've moved to whole wheat, wheat pasta. Oh, I've done that. It's not nice. It's, it's. <laughs> All right, if you put mascarpone on it, but that kind of like defeats the whole point. Or oh, lots of cheese. Do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to make sure I eat as well as I can. Yeah. Um, without cutting out copious. Also, going that route as well, your pasta twice as expensive. Yeah, unless you get yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, that it's like true. the same people like after like gluten free bread and stuff. It's like mm. twice as expensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, what is well, your um, favourite pasta dish then? <sighs> hmm. Hmm. I would be really basic here and go for a proper classic mac and cheese. Oh, mac and cheese in ages. But like a proper yeah. mac and cheese done properly. I could eat that for days. Comfort mac and cheese. I am a fan of the simple carbonara though. Mm. Um, I like anything with pasta. Yeah, pretty much same. We have a we have like this special blend of marmite pasta that we make that's really nice. Marmite pasta, I will have to try that. Yeah, so I, I'm a, the I'm the only one in my household that I eat marmite. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's same. like it's a secret recipe. Um, but basically, I think it came from not having anything in the cupboards. And just and it's it in <laughs> yeah, but that, is like, also it, the... that comes from like Soph's family. They used to do it all the time. But that is also the beautiful thing it. of pasta. It is the past. It is the dish that you can just throw most things in. It'll work. Yeah. Thank you for writing that in, yes. Steve. A. Eh? Please keep your uh, opening topics coming because it's nice to have a bit of variance at the start of the podcast. Yes. Sheffield Wednesday play Portsmouth this week. We're into the actual football part of the podcast. It only took nearly 20 minutes. There you go. Let's talk. Uh, let's do the tra- as tradition dictates, Jake. You will talk us through this. Let's go. This was an interesting game because we started okay, but Pompey had a little bit of a game plan. But the 
as much as it annoys a lot of people, we went hoofball, but we have got the big target man in Michael Smith to knock it down and put it to window. Does that. And, it, and he takes the goal really well, but the celebration was superb. Joff Windath is celebrating goals. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, Loves the celebration. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's different. And if people didn't get the context of the celebration, they will have done now. But basically when it snowed, Windath had his ball before, went and picked up some of the lads around where he is. And it's just a really good atmosphere. But 15 goal for the season for Joff Windath now. And it shows you what we were missing last season with him not being there. And they came close to level in it though Colby Bishop you really have to watch he's a very good player but Dawson great bit of goalkeeping now I offer first yellow card I've got to talk about this beforehand before I go on to a bit the first yeah, yeah. yellow card was a little bit of time waiting but at the same time it doesn't need to be a yellow card I think he's trying to stop it from happening further on and we'll talk about his second later which was never a second Windath nearly got Another one, diving header, very close. Um, we weren't the best with chances, let's be honest, with us. And six shots, two on target. But we have found ways of just winning games, especially away from home, to just win one nils and just be defensively solid. So talking of defensively solid, Dominic Iorfa's second yellow. It's not a second yellow. He, the player's running away from me. If anything, he catches Iorfa's leg. And get the second yellow, right? Back in the day, and that sounds like a really old person's in, but back in the day when they would be like, oh, no, what can happen here? We're down to 10 men. We know what can happen here. Not with this Wendy. Flynn, Palmer changed it up. Palmer went to centre back, just changed it completely. You take Windass off, you put Jack Hunt on, and it changed it. And we, I don't feel like at the moment when something hit Wendy with adversity, that they're going to, that whole old, they're going, ah, it's like, they've got this. We see it out, but how Raggett is still on the pitch for that tackle on Delhi Bashir, I don't know. Apparently, you can two-foot people now. Yeah. Oh, well, you're going for the ball. He kind of gets the ball. You can't just, right, in the modern game, you can't just take two-foot challenge through the back of someone and that not be a red. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of uh, Portsmouth fans say, oh, he got the ball, he got this. It's like, he doesn't get the ball. But the interesting one that I like from one Portsmouth fan, like, look at how many Wednesday players surround the referee. It's like, we, we've never done that, ever. The, fan, the players really, do you know what? I, I'm so, I want to talk about a couple of points you mentioned there. So yeah, the, the fact that we didn't crumble under the pressure of losing a man I'm so proud of that. Yeah. I'm so proud of the togetherness this team gets. They, they all cared about each other, you know. Yeah. Also, somebody in the team that, because it was it was Delhi who got the got the tackle that got two footed, wasn't yeah. it? So somebody that obviously there was talks about his contracts and whether his head's in it, that sort of thing. Every member of this squad has got that togetherness, yeah. and they all cared at the same, you know, the way they ran at that ref referee. We didn't have that fire before. We didn't have that togetherness. We have got that now as a team. And I am, I'm just so proud of this this entire setup we've got. Um, Stockdale coming on at the end and just oh, like... I love that with Dawson. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... It, it's, fa it's fantastic. And, and uh, you know what I also... I can't believe I'm saying this, but you know what I'm drinking in? What? 
all the other fan bases like crying their eyes out about us time wasted when that's all that happened to us last season. Yeah. Oh no, the time honestly, like you could fill you could fill the Lake District yeah. if it ever ran dry with the tears of some people recently about Sheffield Wednesday and time with all we're doing is seeing out the game like every other team did yeah. with us. Teams will still rock up at Wednesday and try to not let us play. Oh, yeah. But now what happens with those teams is we get one goal in front and then we're like, go on then. You know, do it I, again. I, I, li- I literally got this whole thing. I think Darren's like, just turn around and gone, oi, Stockdale, get off the bench, tell them what to do. Because Stockdale is on the bench just pointing out instructions. And the thing with this one, it was a weird one because it the last two games have been quite scrappy in terms of like cards and stuff. And let's just also say as it is, EFL officiating is ridiculous. It is mental. I'm just going to mention it now. If Marvin Johnson got suspended for free game for what happened in the Ipswich game, Billy Sharp should get suspended for free game for what he did in the Luton game. And just speak about it for context to so people who don't. Basically, Billy Sharp's running for the ball. And he's trying to get past his man and he full on straight arm punches the player in the face. Yeah, it's, it's very video, quick, it's very clever, but it's we've got video video evidence elements. of it this time, not from yeah. the crowd, so we'll see. I also must say that, like, how does that challenge on Delhi not get looked at? Yeah. The two foot, you know, um, Fizz, obviously. I don't know why I started calling him Delhi. I think it collided. Just, yeah, I think it might be. Um, how does that not get looked at? Oh, well, wait a minute. It's because we're Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. It's, it's, we might as well just call ourselves a gender FC at the minute. I know that sounds like a salty fan and what, but it's just so much stacks up. You know what I love, though? And we're still top of the league. Sorry, Carol. You know what I love, though? Everyone else is going mental and Darren Moore's just got his hands in his pockets, not caring, not saying. And when a member of our coaching team they go, right, I'm going to have a go here, he just grabs them by the coat and goes, get back here, sit down. You're yeah. not doing anything. And that credit to Moore, he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. He keeps it level-headed. And considering this team didn't get to the Pom- Portsmouth till 11 p.m. on Friday is incredible. Because that could have been a... you could if Say if they didn't, they could have gone, oh, well, we didn't get there till 11 p.m. Uh, we had travel disruption. No, we had a travel disruption. We didn't get there till 11 p.m. And we still put that performance in. And I I don't know if we if it's in the document about Talgate, is it? Um, it might be. <laughs> I don't think it is. Because I don't think... Right, so basically, their new manager is complaining about... Because right in the first half, there was a long period of stuff he play. And it was basically, he wasn't letting us use their towels or whatever to wipe the ball. Oh, yeah, towel gate. That's what you said. I was like, what are you... Yeah, and he, was, he wasn't... Oh, and he, t- right. he turned around and said, well, uh, you shouldn't be allowed to use it if that... So like, you just only recently stopped playing the game. Like, literally. He was uh, on the bench for Otford this season. You're telling me you haven't gone to a ground and just picked up a random towel to wipe the ball down? You shouldn't use a towel. A towel. Is that like saying the players shouldn't drink water? Yep. It just, it just petty. <laughs> he even says it's petty in his interview, but it's like, at least you know it's petty, but... It was just all or nothing. But you see the people like Volks is the one that's like getting up in arms. Right? That's that experience. Volks, Flint, Palmer, 
um, a Whitway before he got injured. Me, they know how to get out of this league. And I will yeah. say something, Will Vokes, at the start of the season, he didn't really look, people like, oh, why we signed him? He just runs that midfield without anyone knowing. He does. We got. Um, let's talk a bit more about Windass's goal. It was just um, so cleanly hit. What a player! Like, <laughs> yeah. what a player he's becoming. And uh, I think he's he's showing how much of a team player he can be as well. He's also enjoying his football. He's, he's playing with a smile on his face, and when he's in interviews, he's making jokes. And I think Darren Moore's actually had a huge impact on him as a player. While just putting his arm around him, saying you don't have to be that player you were before. This is how he mm. can be. Because he's noticed he's not selfish as much. He's contribute to everything. And him and... You've got the thing where him and Barry Bannon are best mates. You've got everyone on that pitch are fighting for one another. So if one thing happens, they'll go, right, we'll just deal with it. There isn't that whole thing of going, what are we going to do? It's like, look at Dawson. Dawson's only just come in. We've got 36 points. I think it's 30, 34 points out of 36 available. And you look at who we've had to play recently. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's, it's, it goes towards the pride of this team and without sounding like too, too, you know, putting the, uh, the banners up now, it's just so nice to have this togetherness in a Wednesday side and just the consistency and. But again, treat it how Darren Moore treating it one game at a time. Yep. Because he, if you, you're thinking of the ship, he's the leader of the ship. He's telling the fans, don't get too high, don't get too low, one game at a time. And I think he's the Would that be a captain? Went, yes. <laughs> the leader of the you ship. You could tell I couldn't remember the word <laughs> captain. <laughs> yeah. I had to pull you up on that. Carry on. But like he used the rowing analogy, if everyone's not in sync and on a rowing team, you're going backwards. If someone looks behind and lose sync, everyone's going to be out of it. So then he's not looking forward, he's not looking back, he's just taking it one game at a time. Indeed. Indeed. That old cliche. Yep. But it works. Oh, yeah. Right, let's go for the League One review. This is the Tuesday matches. Wednesday didn't have a Tuesday match, of course. Peterborough 2, Shrewsbury 1, Cheltenham 0, Lincoln 0, Cambridge United 1, Morecambe 1, Wickham 2, Fleetwood 2, Ipswich 3, Accrington Stanley 0, so it's which winning and another win that wasn't ideal. Plymouth two, Derby one in midweek. So it pen. wasn't. You are sorry. Never a pen. It was. It's just looking. I looked in that midweek. I was like, oh, this is not looking good now because no. even though because they were le- Plymouth drawing back on level on points, it wasn't fantastic, was it? No. But then we get to the weekend. Barnsley three, Plymouth nil. Barnsley winning all right, manager of the they? month again. We can have it. They can have yeah, it. Ditto. Darren Moore should get manager of the season, but it is very odd that we're not getting that curse. But I don't, I don't I'll take really it. Care. <laughs> no. I feel like there is a part of me that does care because I'm like, well, he should be getting a recognition for what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, but I also but... I also think that Darren Moore doesn't care. That's no. the thing. I think Darren Moore said, oh, look, I've got an award for doing my job. Brilliant. Okay, back to the next game. Get a trophy though. Bit nice. Yeah. Sure, he's got many. Um, Burton two, Wickham one, Bolton nil, Ipswich two. So Ipswich still winning. Derby three, Oxford two. That was away from home. Sorry as well. So it was Oxford New two, manager Derby at three. Oxford but, as well. Yeah. Um, Liam Manning. Derby making work for themselves there. Fleetwood one, Port Vale one, MK Dons one, Cambridge United nil. 
Peterborough nil, Cheltenham three, Portsmouth nil, Wednesday one. It's weird to see us with that red card there and still getting a yeah. win. Charlton one, Accrington Stanley one, Exeter two, Lincoln City one, Shrewsbury three, Morecambe one, Forest Green one, and Bristol Rovers three. So you know Forest, that Green Forest Green are in game. Have you yeah. heard that big Duncan, big dunk is actually being talked about that he could lose his job? Yeah, he's under pressure. Right? I thought he was clearly brought in just to try and get back yeah. to League One. I thought that, but apparently it come out that he's like, oh, he's under pressure. It's like, well, why is that hiring then? They've got a goal difference of minus 41. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Does that strike you as a team? Where the manager should be, a manager that was brought in mid that to be into too much pressure. I don't think so. Mm. Probably shouldn't be losing to that badly to Bristol Rovers. However, Bristol Rovers are doing all right at the minute. They're in yeah. 13th. So, let's talk about the table. Sheffield Wednesday is still at the top of it. For now. Huzzah! Don't get carried away. Nope. 77 points with 39 as the goal difference. 24 matches played. Plymouth in second. Sorry, 34 matches played, not 24. Um, Plymouth, 36 matches played. What's that? We've got two games in hand. Yep. A goal difference of 22. That's plus 17. Because Worko can't do maths um, <laughs> on the Twitter when he did the tweet. People didn't even look. Um, one person did, I think. They've got 74 points, so three points ahead with two games in hand. Ipswich, though. 36 games played, so two games in hand on them. 72 points. Promotion, the cushion of promotion still, you know, could, we, yeah. we've got to keep full steam ahead, basically, because we yeah. could slip. We've got to be careful. We keep thinking, oh, well, we're going for the title, obviously. Prom- we saw, I'm sort of seeing fans say promotion's guaranteed. No, no. You can drop points yeah. quite quickly. And with Ipswich where they are, that's what I'd be worried about now. Don't write Ipswich- Barnsley either, because they're on a great run. They've got, yeah, they've got the same amount of games played as us. They're on 66 yeah. points with 34. Yeah, Barnsley could be on 71 if they win the two games in hand. And yeah, if we had an absolute fall off now, we'd be in trouble. But that's not going to happen, is it, Sheffield Wednesday? Touch nope. all the wood in the world. Um, I'm very hyper today. You are. Derby are in fifth with 64 points. Bolton in sixth with 63 the bottom four, as it stands, are Morecambe, MK Dons, Cambridge, and Forest Green. Forest Green have got 23 points. Why? Just keep... Ooh, that, have you seen the last five games? Yep. <laughs> loss, loss, draw, loss, loss. We play them soon as well. <laughs> so they're going to win then. <laughs> Forest Green will be the ones to... Uh, oh, this is getting clipped. Forest Green's going to be the ones to <laughs> beat our, break our unbeaten run. play them. Forest Green are going to be the ones to beat our unbeaten run. They're going to break it, aren't they? Barnsley fans think they're going to do it. Yeah. Okay, into the news section of the podcast. This is the... We've got to put this at the top news, really, because it's something that has just dropped um, at the time of recording this. And if you are actually seeing this, a first for this podcast, this is possibly out on YouTube feeds before the podcast has even aired. It's something we've wanted to do for a while, this actually. Drop a little bit before the podcast. It's not always possible, but going forward in the future, we might be able to do a bit more of this if something breaks. Just a little bit of preview for you YouTube watchers, audio listeners. You obviously get the podcast in full the next day. But 
The top story, this is from The Guardian. Quote, Hillsborough capacity reduced after Newcastle's overcrowding complaints. Can I just say one line they put in as fact in the, the byline of this? Away supporters faced, quote, crushing issues during FA Cup tie. Give me sir. End sir, quote. Sir, sir. That, no, they didn't. That's what's, that's what's been said as fact there, I by know. the way. Okay, let's go into the article. Sheffield Wednesday's Hillsborough Stadium away end capacity has been reduced by the City Council after a review into complaints of, over, quote, overcrowding and crushing, end quote, by Newcastle United supporters in an FA Cup tie. The Premier League club said on Monday, images and footage on social media show congestion around the exit to the tunnel in the Leppings Lane end, with a number of Newcastle fans claiming there was a lack of stewarding before kickoff on the 7th of January. There were no reports of injuries. Hillsborough was the... Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. We know there was the disaster. It's an awful thing, yeah. right? Okay, it's one thing. It's the reason I didn't. we didn't put this in the, t- in the podcast before, because I hate anything that comes to it. I'm going to carry on with this article, okay? Sheffield City Council contacted the Newcastle... United Supporters Trust regarding the January game and considered about 50 accounts on aspects such as the number of stewards and incorrect information given to fans who were directed through the wrong turnstiles. The Sports Ground Safety Authority, the British government's advisor on safety at sports venues, reviewed the incident with Wednesday and local officials. Quote, regarding capacity reduction, we can advise that the Upper West Stand now has a further reduced capacity of 2,400 down from 3,200 as a result of the recent review for a stand with a holding capacity of 4,194, the council told Newcastle. The lower west stand now has a further reduced capacity of 1,300, down from 1,500 as a result of a recent review for a stand with a holding capacity of T2366, end quote. Right. So that's come out. Can I just reread? Yep. Go for it. The original statement that was released by the Sheffield City Council, who are referenced in this, and this is apparently how it's been um, imposed by, SWFC and SCC joint statement. This was from the Wednesday website. Quote, A review of Hillsborough Stadium over concerns about crowd movements has concluded, stating that all aspects of safety at the stadium complied fully with the club's safety certificate. Minor recommendations were made relating to the overall matchday experience. The review was commissioned by the Sheffield City Council and Sheffield Wednesday Football Club with an oversight from the Sports Ground Safety Authority after concerns were raised relating to the match between Sheffield Wednesday and Newcastle United on Saturday the 7th of January. As part of the review, the group reached out to Newcastle United supporters who attended the fixture, liaised with partner agencies, examined matchday records and scrutinised CCTV images. A review of the crowd management a review of the crowd management procedures implemented by the club on the day, together with revisiting associated capacity calculations, was also carried out. Councillor Joe Otten, Sheffield City Council, said, and quote, Public safety is our priority. We work together with governing bodies and our local clubs to make sure everybody attending matches is safe. We understand that fans are going to feel concerned if they feel like there is overcrowding. So it is our responsibility to ensure we don't put people in that position. And where concerns are raised, we take them very seriously. We have carried out a thorough review looking at all the evidence available as well as speaking to fans, officials and stewards who were present on the day. We've also reviewed all match day operation plans. Our findings show full compliance, 
at the stadium and no issues relating to the match day operation. Some minor sta- minor changes have been identified to improve the overall experience. As is normal procedure, we will continue working together, carrying out routine checks and sharing plans and knowledge to make sure everyone on site is safe and has the best experience possible. The concerns raised were also subject to review by the safety advisory group who agreed with the findings. The FA and the EFL have also been notified of observations from the fixture with no additional requirements asked of the club or at the stadium. Liam Dooley, Sheffield Wednesday Chief Operating Officer, said, and quote, we welcome the outcome of this review, as the welfare of all supporters and everyone in the stadium is our utmost priority. We would reiterate that the, the stewarding numbers within the visitors section of the stadium for the Newcastle fixture exceeded the, exceeded the requirements of the safety certificate. The Newcastle ticket allocation also complied completely with the safety certificate. We continuously review our safety management plans and ensure the correct measures are in place for every fixture at Hillsborough. Extensive planning meetings with relevant stakeholders are held before each game with equally extensive review meetings thereafter. While we have full confidence in our matchday operations, we we welcome feedback on an ongoing basis as to how we can improve the experience for supporters and listen to any concerns raised of a matter, of course. We have worked closely with Sheffield City Council and the respective sports governing bodies in conducting a robust bust review of the Newcastle United fixture and are pleased that our findings uh, that the findings support the confidence we have in, an, in our procedures. Some minor recommendations will be implemented to ensure we continue to deliver the best possible matchday experience, end quote. They, the fact that that's happened mm. seems a little bit more than a minor recommendation of reduced capacity. So what is- do you think's happened here? I think this is caught Wednesday flat-footed because there's no statement from us yet. And yet. That's the it's bit quite, we're quite hot on the press with this yeah, one. Yeah, there's no statement yet. Normally, when something like this comes, there's a statement going after. I think they didn't know this was coming. And they just got this and gone, hey, we're doing this. Now, if they've all already agreed, why take the capacity down? We're already at a situation where we can't fill that stand due to the capacity. It's like a 6,000 away it ends. Technically, we can't fill it. We're not allowed to. So I was trying not to say this, right? Because I actually, in the lead up to this, like I quite like Newcastle as a fan base. You know, yeah. I'd never, I actually got on with the fans. Like, kind of, you know, I like the, I like the general atmosphere of the club, and the fans have always been courteous until this incident. That wasn't even an incident, yeah. right? The fact is, you have got imagery of, you've got videos from their vloggers just walking down normally, like there's nothing yeah. going on. That you know, entryway clear. There's only one really awkward image that a journalist took and then blew out of all proportion. And when he was proved wrong, by the way, refused to stand down, just ignored it, pretended it didn't exist. Also blocked everybody who gave him and said everything and anybody that actually reached out to him who was a journalist went, nope. Yep, because that's journalism, clearly. Um, What actually happened was there is one photo that is the incriminating photo where the, all the fans are sort of stood in the middle, like they've just mm. come through the turnstile at once yep. and pushed their way out. What you've got next to that on all sides is empty seats. Yes. Find your seats. Very simple. And I, I understand why they say that might be where the stewarding comes in and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But the fact is, right, we have more it, how, than we have. How has this not happened in decades since? Yep. Because of the stewarding because of the fact that we are so paranoid that anything could be related to our ground. Can I just say from a personal perspective, and I said this last time, 
as a fan, myself, and I think most of our fan base, we would be the first people to moan and say, that's ridiculous. How are we letting it get to a standard yeah. if we thought this was legitimate? Yeah. Because it's something that was horrific that happened that has forever sort of like, obviously tainted the name of our stadium and ruined lives and took lives. And it was something that when it gets said in vain like this in this certain thing, this is what annoyed our fan base, right? This is that side of it was a case of, please show me any proof that this happened because there well, was... I have prior knowledge with the whole Wednesday disaster, the whole my uncle attended that game as a Nottingham Forest fan. And yeah. I got married at Hilfer and watching my uncle David have to go look at that stand, it broke my heart on my wedding day. Because yeah. the man can't still do it because he saw that he was there. And we all understand it. It was horrific. We tried to make things better. What are going to annoy me next season, if and when, happens in League One to Championship, away fans, do not complain at Sheffield Wednesday or their fans when your ticket price is a guy high. No. Can Siri have to get that money back, the 56% that he can't sell now. And he will charge more because he got to. He's a business. As much as Sheffield Wednesday is a football club, it's a business. You will. The problem is away fans will incur in, in that charge. Incur that, yeah. You. It will go on them. And we can't do out about it. Everything came back. We thought this was done. A couple of months ago, we didn't think we would be having to do another story on this. We thought this was done, dusted. After this, you had Port Vale fan coming out and complaining. You had this. Where were your complaints on match days? Yeah. Why come out after the fact? Yeah. No one complained to a steward. No one got hurt. We had more stewarding. And granted, I'll say stewarding. It's pot luck. Depends on who you get on the day. Sometimes they're brilliant, sometimes they're great because it's an agency they use. There's the only some- reason I... The, another reason I don't buy it, sorry, Jake, I don't mean to... It's like, yeah. I'm just... I'm, I'm ranting now. Is because Leeds fa- Leeds fans who don't like us, yeah. can I just put that on paper, <laughs> came out and went, they did, some of these fans and some of these journalists tried to do the exact same thing to us. Yeah. When something didn't go right. And I'm like, why that level of petty? Newcastle could be in the champ. What, what are the fans doing? Like, yeah. uh, that's, that's part of the reason why you could say the counter argument. Why would they lie? But what, there's no evidence there. If we lose that game, I don't think there's a, this happens. Yeah, but then again, you're going to get the tweets now going, oh, yeah, it's clearly because we lost that sort of thing. Mm. Because their fan base has kind of taken it as an insult. Can I just say, I'm not insulting that entire no. fan base. I'm talking about the fact the, the, that it was a journalism. The minority that blew yeah. up and journalists blew up. Most yeah. of the Newcastle fans I know and I've spoke to who spoke to me about it said, it's absolute BS. There was none of it. It makes me angrier as well because, like, this is added context about why I would actually care about this a lot. I lived in Liverpool for four years. I made a lot of friends yeah. with a lot of Liverpool fans. Some people I know have been affected directly by that situation. I've seen another side of it. Obviously, I grew up at Hillsborough in a time where it was kind of in the sha- it was in the shadow of it. But when I was growing up, I was like, you can be a younger Wednesday fan in my generation, and not and you can see you can. I grew up basically, obviously, after it happened. So Hillsborough to me wasn't that. Hillsborough to me was Sheffield Wednesday's football ground. But as I got older, seeing the story, seeing what happened and then meeting these people, it kind of changes your perspective 
that some probably some probably fans wouldn't have because they'd never really been able to tie that to it and it's something that they've heard happened a long time ago because I know when I was a kid growing up you think oh well, that happened a long time ago because so, you know you've got no idea yeah. of time when you're a kid do you know what I mean you see I see the memorial and I'm like oh that's something that happened ages ago but yeah. then you realize how impactful it was yeah because I'm because when I was a kid that was little, obviously I'm talking about when I was little here. I'm not yes. talking about when I got older and realised the passage of time. But everything seems like it's ancient history, you know, when you're a kid yeah. and you're just going to football. But when growing up and then meeting these people, it and then does, for me, and it, it just doesn't... why would you why would you why would you why would they make it up? Why would they why would they add to it just because I, I don't know? I'm I'm starting to rant now, Jake, but it, it's annoyed me now. For me, it just. It just like we've done ever so well to try and curb anything. Like yeah. the moment when we had it a couple of seasons ago in the championship where the lead bank came out, right? We stopped you all from going on the bottom end because we didn't want that to happen. No one told us to do that. We just did it. We didn't have to have a review. We went, right, we're not having that done. You don't go on the bottom tier now. What are you yeah. going to do? Apart from knocking that stand down, which... We can afford, technically, but it would mean cutting stuff out, out where other places where money should go, kind of thing. What do you want it to do? Like, it gets harder. And well, it's I'm, just annoying that it's happened again. Let's look what the fan base has said. So I reached out and said, what do we think to this? Um, JP writes in and says, an absolute mockery and feels like the Premier, a Premier League team bullying a League One team. I don't know if this is the case, but it feels like it with the way it's gone. So it's... Um, I think the fact that it was on TV, if you talk about the eco, uh, the echo chamber of the fact it was on TV, yeah. everybody was talking about the fact we beat Newcastle. That sort of like being the story. It looked like this immediately. As soon as something positive comes out about Wednesday, you have to deflect it, yeah. usually. Chris writes in and says, until it's knocked down, we will always have that stigma attached. I don't think it will, though. I think even if it's knocked down, there's still going to be a stigma. Around Why is it still called Hillsborough? That yeah. sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um don't let any away supporters in. Jobs are good, and he finishes that with. It's. I said this at the time. It's going to affect away supporters that want to just come to the stadium and enjoy the game. Now yep. that's going to be a thing that happens. Um, Michael Michael writes in and says this is going to live with us forever, whether we like it or not. Any excuse that comes along, we're going to have to pay for it until we knock that stand down, which we should have done, or move to a new site or new stadium. More and more fans are starting to think this is going to stay forever until we knock it down, aren't they? Yeah. Do you think it'll happen? <sighs> I don't know. It depends how much chance theory goes. You know what? I'm sick of this as well. I'm just going to blitz it and we'll just have a season where we're just going to have to figure out how we do on the pitch. It, yeah. It's a big... Well, a lot of people don't realise as much of doing Thutter Stadium doesn't affect FFP it does affect what you can then put, give Darren Moore, whoever's in charge, to put to the playing squad. But this does affect FFP as well, because if we can't make money on tickets, that's going to affect... It, it. It's a bigger picture thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I understand it, but look, we've got 56% left now. It affects your ticket prices to go up by 5-10%. Yeah. I, d- I, I did. I did say at the time the only that. the only way to stop people doing this is to reduce allocations for yeah. for teams. I don't, I don't want to say that because of the cost of living crisis and stuff, and it's already expensive. But what should what should we do with the business? Because it's a business. Yeah, and it's also a case of um, 
we're going to get fan bases moan at us now and say, oh, we should give, why are Wednesday giving us terrible allocations? Because we can't do anything else. Nope. We are, tra- we are quite fair. Like fan, uh, fan bases that have got bigger fan bases, we try and give them bigger allocations. We gave Newcastle massive allegations. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. And they've, they've ruined it for everyone else. Well, you can go... To, to wrap this one up, Andy writes into the Discord and says, <laughs> it, it's fine. <laughs> Every other club in the league is Diddy with no fans anyway. <laughs> he said that. Not us. Not us. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Number two in the news is... This is from the Wednesday website. Owls back level playing field. The Owls are proud to be supporting level playing fields unite. The camp- so this is an annual period of inspiration and celebration of access and inclusion at sports venues. The campaign runs this year to Sunday the 12th of March and aims to showcase the excellent work carried out by clubs to improve accessibility and inclusion in sport. Level Playing Field is a sports charity that acts as campaigning and advisory organisation for disabled sports fans. The charity offers a range of initiatives and services for disabled sports fans, including the following. The Level Flame P- Playing Field podcast, the monthly podcast series with exclusive guests from across the sporting community. Have your say, asking disabled fans for feedback, positive, negative. From their experience of life, support events, support events, um, Level Playing Field offer accessibility information for all clubs from the Premier League, EFL and National League to help disabled sporters plan and enjoy their match day. During home games at Hillsborough, fans can access free audio descriptive commentary where trained audio describers will keep up with play to to the second to ensure listeners know exactly what is happening on the pitch. For, for more information um, on Level Playing Field, you can go to the Wednesday website. So, yep, I'm all about inclusivity. Yep. Um, just worth mentioning in the news because Wednesday have mentioned it and it's nice to see that we're, we've got those options at Hillsborough. Always more to be with done. With having your say positive or negative, it's good because you need to have both because if the negative, it gives the club in, in question room to improve. Where can we improve? What can we do better? And sometimes there's been grounds that are bad for it. There's some grounds that are great for it. And the more you can get the people who are... Because for a lot of fans who have got a disability, this is their one, could be their one enjoyment of the week. So you want to make it a better variant possible. Yeah, completely agree. So, um, Alan Biggs has kind of done a opinion piece on... Is this, is, is this from the star? Yes. yes, it is. Is Biggs at the star? He does a bit of everyone. He does Yorkshire, Post and Star. I was going to say. Um... The article reads as follows, use of of false target men, another trick in the tactics stakes by Sheffield Wednesday. I thought this was an interesting piece that we could talk about because false nines have been, uh, false target men, yeah, Yeah. false nines are basically a thing that are used by some quite successful teams. If you think about um, the Liverpools, the Man Cities of this world, when you think about their use of false nines. Reading into this article, reads as follows, Quote, maybe one more tool in Darren Moore's tactical box of tricks this season, the use of the tar- use of his target men. Sheffield Wednesday are getting forward much faster these days, often getting an early goal, always preferring a rapid outlet to attack, even when playing from the back. And whilst the system has always or has remained almost constant at a 3-5-2 or 3-4-1-2, the way Michael Smith and Lee Gregory have been used intrigues me. Seldom in tandem, though one or the other will invariably start, fitness permitting, with the versatile Callum Patterson a backup option. What has surprised me and perhaps op- 
opposing teams also is that the target man has often been false. The traditional build-up slower of a of a ball up to the big man for him to shield, hold and lay off with defenders at his back or is is much more rarely seen or is that just me? Moore and his coaches seem to have cleverly bypassed that traditional target route in open play, making the hours less predictable as a result. So I've paraphrased that article. Go and read it if yeah. you would like to read it. What do you think about the use of a, would you say we've been using a false nine, using those nines more of as, as, as a false target man, false nine sort of situation? I say yes, when you look at what we've done with it, because no one's really backed in to the man and wait for it. So there's always a man further forward ready to just to have it. Granted, at the weekend you had the knockdown from me, which is what you want your n- number nine to do if they're around. But you look at, you put Windass and Wilkes in that situation as well. Granted, Wilkes hasn't hit the the form he thought he was, but they got that. It's it's a bit like that having that big and large man, but the little man is the quick asset, and they're having to be able to just get it forward without having to have it knocked down. You play it to feet, you open up base, or otherwise. Like mentioning Patterson, it's interesting that Patterson and Wilkes are apparently very close to coming back. And if you think of what Patterson did. For a period, he was looking really good at coming off the bench, playing that role really, really well. And we had it at the weekend when you look at Smith and Windass up top. I thought he might have gone with Windass and Gregory because at the moment, you don't see it changing between Windass. You see it changing between Smith and Gregory because Windass is that extra person that can change and go into different positions. But when you look at how we play, we're very smart at making like a a striker go deep, turn them into a bit of an attacking midfielder and have someone run on and still have yeah. the ball up top. And it's just really clever how close the players are as well. But also when you think about the player we've got who can play balls on a dime, Bannon, Volks, uh, Palmer, Jaden Brown recently have been playing some superb balls since he's come into the team. We've got people who can play that ball without needing it to have a big man to knock it down to someone who can just take it and run on. So I think it's a very clever tactic that I didn't really think about until I read the article myself when I put it in. I thought it's really clever. And look at how much of last season a lot of people are complaining about the 3-5-2 or the 3-4-1-2, let go to a, let go to a traditional 4-4-2. I was one that said it. Obviously last season, Darren Moore didn't have the players he wanted to play the tactic well enough but he's now got it. For our four four two lovers out there, let's actually talk about a bit more what a false nine is. Okay, yes. so the the old def- the, the official definition of a false nine is a false nine is a centre forward who repeatedly moves towards the ball in deeper positions from a high starting position, often dropping to receive centrally. The main intention is to get the ball away from the opposition centre backs, and in doing so, to draw players out of position and disrupt the defence. So basically, the distraction. Yeah. You know That's who was the always idea good at this? Who was a Wednesday player? Atty. Yes. Atty was the yes. man at doing this. I was going to say that. We were on the same length. Because <laughs> I, like, I was just thinking about how at knew you, he always, um, p- p- people would put multiple players on him. Yeah. And when, you, when you're coming from deep like that, don't clip that. When uh, <laughs> it's the, <laughs> I just think about, you know, these context things. Um, Serious professionalism. When when a player is moving from deep like that, mm. they do, and they're, they're, they've got a presence or they've got a threat. It does 
it does draw the attention away. And then you've got the great thing is when we use players, we've got creative players well, like Windass. Michael Smith during that uh, Newcastle game when he played in Windass for the goal. It was all yeah. because he opened the base and he made it so there was more room. And the thing well, that's is, what I was just saying. Windass has got a lot more freedom when <laughs> we've got strikers that do this, and that's why we're seeing Windass shine potentially. Yeah. But the other, it's not. It's not like the strikers aren't making. Then it's not like they're not scoring. I think the difference is. I think a lot of people were like, uh, "It's like you see Rotherham fans saying, oh, Smith's clearly not doing well at Wednesday.' It's because we've got other options to Smith. We're not yeah. relying on him. Their tactic was literally just lump the ball to Smith. Yeah. We've got other options. And I think the thing is when we had the period where Windah wasn't playing, Patterson is another good example who can do it really well. But the way he does the fault nine, he does all the harrying a defender and he makes sure there's someone with him to get on him to get that loose ball. And it, you've seen bits of it when Wilkes have played. He plays it really well. And I know I've already had a lot of people go, Wilkes was a waste of money. We shouldn't sign. It's like, he's not had it. He, it, before he got injured, he was actually starting to look a lot better. He's also a case of his... He's 23. Exactly. He's 23, and he scored a hat full of goals for a Hull side. If he gets in on confidence, don't write him off, yeah. all right? It's not like he's an Adam Reach waste of money. <laughs> yeah. A Jordan Rhodes waste of money. That's a waste of money, right? Might have bit him in the backside, I know. God, they're going bust, aren't they? It looks like it. Yeah, we shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't. No. I only. I'm only chuckling Joking. because family links yeah. banter. Um, it's not good, is it? And they brought in Warnock to try and firefight it. He just, yeah. Who was it? I was talking to the other day. Who says he just wants? To, was it you who said he just wants to top up his? Who was saying he just wants to top Me. up his pension? Was it you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be South's dad as well. He went, oh, he just clearly comes top of his pension or something. Um, but yeah, it's not looking great there. No. Liam Palmer, let's move to yes. some positive news. Um, Liam Palmer has gone level on appearances with 382 with um, Tommy McNearney. Uh, is it McInerney? Have you... Yeah. 15th place on the all-time appearances for the club. You yep. said he could hit 400 one day. I did. If if he goes on his current appearance that he's doing, he'll hit 394 this season if he plays every game till the end of the season. Tommy McInerney, by the way. I'm not being an absolute young Sheffield Wednesday fan here. He was born in 1933, in fairness. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well before my time. He played for us from 1952 to 1965. And he passed in 2012. So me wondering for a second wasn't... You Shut lamp. up. Um, I love Liam Palmer. He's doing fantastically yeah. well. Like, he's come on leaps and bounds. Even in that relegation season, I said he was fantastic, which is... We weren't saying many good things about that season, no. were we? But... um. Proper loyal, proper loyal player to the club, um, and he's he's just turned into a really, really solid player. The thing is, you you kind of know he'll probably get a contract at the end of the season anyway. Even oh, God. Was, yeah, definitely. He, he, he's he's shown what how old is Palmer? Is he thirty three? I don't think he's that old. Oh, have I made no, him he's really not old. that old because he was 
Oh, no, I can't actually say that on the podcast because um, that will reveal too much information about myself. Um, but, 31. Yeah. Um, so, and he's only got better. And I think the season where he's just done all the uh, 10K, granted, he said he's not doing that again next season, but it's made a, just a different level to him. And I think he's a good example for all the young when the academy lads go, and this is what you can do if you come here and yeah. get through. And he shows that he can, he puts his all in. He made 350 appearances when we played. Oh, who did we play? Was it Bolton? I don't know what you just said. I was working something out in my head. I was working numbers out in my head and I was just letting you talk. Um, so unprofessional. But, Carry on. But the thing, the, the thing, we played someone, Jake. <laughs> But the thing you got with him, he always puts in 110%. He knows what he's doing and he's just getting better. Mm. And it will have a new contract at the end of the season because Moore's already kind of said he likes him. He wants him to stick around anyway. What about uh, Jaden Brown then? Let's talk about Jaden Brown because... Um... He's he's really stepped up. I, I actually did a video, video about people stepping up and it shows the level of this team that he player knows they're going to be called upon and be ready. And he's shown that. He's shown that he needs to be ready whenever. And I think if you've got players who know they need to be on the toes, they can't just be around and think, oh, I'm not going to get a place. He just come in and just slotted perfectly in. And yes, he's out of contract at the end of the season. Could could this be one of those things where he turns around he might get another deal? I think... Darren Moore could probably do that because he's only. He's going to have to put in some really consistent performances for the, till the end of the season. But if he does, that's the way to earn yourself a yeah, contract. Exactly. While you're still young as well, it's not too much of a risk on that front. It no. makes more sense. Um, I think he's he's come in whilst we've you know had injury issues, suspension you could tell issues. Tell the weekend he lacked a bit of game time because yeah. I think he has a bit more game time. Doesn't get that yellow card and get pulled at uh, half time, but. At the same time, Leithy did put in for the tackle. There's some players yeah. who haven't played for a bit, they just don't put the tackle in. Yeah. Um I think I think he can he can really He's in the position to uh, to earn a contract, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Put himself in that situation. Um you can tell that Newcastle rant that that thing took all my energy, can't it? It did. <laughs> <laughs> it very much did. Um Yes, we did put in a, the time waste thing. It's right there here. Okay, here we go. Here was another run. I'm going to try and be careful with this one purely because of how fan bases Please are. Do. We are in <laughs> the community topics now. And um, the first thing that happened <laughs> when I said, what do you want us to talk about? I Goose thought, Creative. As soon as they popped up and I saw it, I was like, yeah, that was coming. <laughs> Goose Creative just said Gary Lineker. Okay, right, just get off now if you're going to rant, all right? Because I'm going to rant. Right, before you start ranting, right. as of filming this right now, he's back doing his match of day stuff. It has come out today that he's going to be back doing it. Go rant now. <laughs> it was just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, beyond... 
stupid yeah, because you, the BBC genuinely have freelancer contracts all the time of people that say the most horrific stuff on their social media. Gary Lineker makes a statement, which actually, if you look at what he said, it he's not wrong. wrong. No, Just because you have taken the implication from that and said, well, he means this, doesn't he? So he's implying this. That's actually not what he said. What he said, he was talking about language and the way language was used, which if you look at it, it was. Just because that might make you feel a little bit bad doesn't make it not true. Whatever side you lean on, okay? Whatever side. Yep. He should be able to say what he means. Just like the other people who are have have got deals with the BBC, like Clarkson. Yeah. Love him or hate him. How much did he say for years? Exactly. Right? Okay. You can't, you can't, it was basically a case of, oh, this is going against the government. And I've got a general problem with how much the government's get. And I know there's people that disagree with me in this, in the talking yeah. words community. As I said, it this very, is my opinion. I You're allowed say, your opinion. But as say, a creative, can I just finish this? As a creative in the BBC space, right? BBC used to be all about satire and saying it and, and, and political sides aside, you used to just mock everything, right? You used to be able to say everything. It used to be a home of freedom and impartiality in the fact that everybody gets their airtime and everybody can say everything. The only, the only, the only counter argument you could say, yes, you probably can't post the most far, far you can't say the most far right stuff and misinformation stuff. Yeah. Save that for the other news channels that have popped up, right? Okay. Because that, the, you can't put the dangerous stuff out there, right? and genuine genuine misinformation. However, you have found as government, I don't want the government involved with the BBC and that's what's happened. And they are. Yes. When, when you're, and and I'm saying, I'm talking about any government, by the way. Oh yeah. Any government involved. But when you're num, when you're one of your backers gave nearly half a million to Boris Johnson's election campaign, there's conflict of interest there. That kind of saying, I own you. You have to say what you want. I don't want to. Make, I don't want to make this a thing because no. it will get political, whatever way you say. But I will say we're talking about something that was about impartiality yes. when it was the most in, unimpartial situation that you could even talk about when you're talking about the people that were yeah. trying to get involved the, with it. The thing, right? the thing that I, the thing that was really astounding to me in in a good way was the amount of people as soon as it said Gary Lineker not doing this went not doing it, not doing that, and all of the people are on. Freelance contracts, so they don't have to do what the BBC says. Kind of yeah. thing. Gary Lineker worked for BT Sport during the week doing Champions League coverage. And one of the things that I found really interesting was I was listening to a radio show and he literally said, I can't walk out on this as much as I want to. I'm contracted by the BBC. If I wasn't, I would have gone. The amount of BBC scheduling that went from being, hey, we're ready, let's get it out on air here, to, oh, we're grambling to find something. Mark Chapman pulled out last minute at doing the final score. The, and the thing is, yes, the BBC coverage of Match of Day was bloody weird. Yeah. I won't lie. It was strange. But at the same time, he's not under the same aspect of what BBC contracted employee to BBC is. He's a freelance kind of thing. They have different contracts. And yep. do you want to have the situation where you can't, where you stifle what someone says? I just feel like more and more it's a case of um, this country's too much about division at the minute. Mm. 
needs to become more of the community. And I will say, and now this is going to get slightly political, but how do I say this without everyone just saying you hippie? Um, I can't really. The government know how much they've messed up, right? The only thing they have got left, right, is just attacking everybody else and turning us even more divisive and going, well, that person's worse because this, this, and this. Let's put that uh, hate campaign on there. Let's put this information out there. Let's just attack, 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 because it's all we've got left because we can't back our policy because we screwed it all. That is a bit political, but I stand by it. <laughs> um, yeah. Great starting community topic. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for that, Lee. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, I said say we were keeping politics away from this podcast, and it will it will go back to that now. Yes, least fault. <laughs> Phil writes in. Don't know if it's been asked already, but what type of player, players slash type of player should we be looking for next season? Assuming promotion, which of our current players aren't good enough for the step up? Top three players likely to be able to fit in a top end championship seat team, excluding Bannon, and bottom three players that are only probably good enough for League One. I'm going to combine this with Jack Allen Scott, who wrote in on the Talking Wednesday Twitter, who said, "Could you go through the current squad and do a sell slash keep next season for if we go up? Probably might do that in a bit more detail, but let's do top three, bottom three that we, we would fit into a championship team, excluding Bannon here. Right, so um, Bannon which can't bottom be three players? Yeah, so Bannon can't be in it. So top three for me, Evolks, Byers, Windass. Byers. It's his top end championship team, doesn't it? Yeah. Sod it, Palmer. Yeah. Um... Hmm. Byers, Palmer, Windass. Okay, bottom three. Hunt. This is really harsh because I like this team. And I like Hunt a lot. Hunt. Uh, yeah, he's got to get, because of his age, all right, and the fact that we've got, yeah, Hunt. Johnson. You really have. Um, it's a hard one, that one. I just don't know. Are we counting people on loan or not? No, let's make it harder because that would make it too... We have too many cop-outs. Backington. Patterson. Ooh. When it says probably only good enough for League One, he does a job. (sighs) Who did you say? You said Backington. Yeah. He's probably not. The thing is, he's not right. He said probably he's not give us a middle ground here because Patterson could be good enough in the in the championship. But we're talking top end here. He would be a very much a utility player yeah. in the championship. He wouldn't be somebody I'd start. Yeah. So I've got to put him there. I'm really sorry. <laughs> hmm.
And these all, could all change, obviously, because you could have easily thrown Jaden Brown in there before, yep. but like it's a bit unfair recently, isn't exactly. it? <laughs> no, I can't do that because he's a lad. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> Because part of me wants to say Stockdale's career's coming to an end, so do you put him in there just to take a spot? Because top-end championship would stock that... It, to get us in, That's what yeah. he's phrased it like. Yeah. Do it's I put... Difficult. It, it is. Hmm. Hmm. Might have to, you know. Oh, Dale. This feels so bad to say, doesn't it? <sighs> yeah, because there's also an argument if you've got to pick three, like, we don't know what Ben Hennigan's going to be like after he comes back no. from his injury. So I'm going to be nice and say Stockdale's probably going to retire soon, so Stockdale's going to go in that. Yeah. And that's my cop out. <laughs> um, yeah. Patterson, purely because he doesn't nail himself down as a position, and that's probably to his detriment sometimes, even though he's a fantastic player wherever you want to put him in terms of a utility player. And yeah, all our midfielders got different quality because I don't want to write off Backinson. Yeah. Like you did. Um, Johnson, I still think he's a good player um, and could do a job. Not a top end. I'm not putting him in either, but mm. he's not. He doesn't quite go into that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go there because all our other players are probably going to be part of a built squad. The only thing I've got with Backinson, Darren Moore has on a couple of occasions pulled him very quickly out of a team and we haven't seen him much. I don't know if it's not worked out because of him not settling in. It could be a case, need of the season to settle, next season is better. But we got told by Bristol City fans, and don't always go with what the opposition says when they get rid of a player, but he lacked the drive. Yeah, but you got under Darren Moore, you probably don't need to worry about that no, too no. much. He'll sort it out. Or he'll... He'll deal with it accordingly. Yeah. Right, let's talk about Wednesday's next match. So, Bolton. This is why I got so confused earlier. You know, when you said that, was it Bolton or something? I was like, no, we're playing them next, Jake. That's what I was doing in my head. Um, they are sixth in League One. They are doing very, very well. Yeah. Their last match was a lot to it switch, but we know it switch are also doing very, very well. Their home record is 40 points, 12-4-3. Their away record is 6-5-7. What time will the second half of this kick off? Well, game 7.45 kickoff, I think. So... I, I, I keep... And people keep saying it's on Guy, but I can't see anything about Guy. So He's about five, quarter five to five nine, four. you're thinking quarter to nine, the kickoff. Because yeah. I, might, I might jump on for a second half dexterity watch, but I also might be very tired because it's when I work very long day on a Friday. So... See what happens. 
You know, like I did with the Sunderland first, yeah. like I could jump on the second half. I'm not sure. Turn your notifications on and you'll find out if there's a yeah. live stream. Yeah, hit the bell um, and you'll find, you'll find out. But they scored 51 goals, conceded 30. The difference is 20. What They're a good side, Bolton. What are you thinking for this one? Um, they're an interesting team at the minute because... I'll, I'll say it, I don't like the manager, I hate him. I think he, he opens <laughs> his mouth. Um, last season, he turned and said, we're the best team in League One. He opened his mouth and then they went on a bad run. This season, he said, I can see, being a premier sh- I can see me being a Premier League manager and I was a Premier League team. And I'm like, you said it. And now you start to have little bits. They got one eye on their cup final event, Plymouth, I think. I think the focus Pizza. have gone. Yeah, I think the focus have gone a little bit. But don't rule them out. They're very good during this game versus it switch. They missed the penalty. Also, ironically, George Hill scored in that game. Um, but they're a good footballing team, so we're gonna have to have our wits about them. But let's see what we can do. They've not got the best away record, so we're at home. So let's make it count. Yeah. Um... I don't think the the unbeaten losses. I don't think the unbeaten runs coming to an end here. I think we'll. I'm not I think even we'll, mentioning it. I think we'll one nil and frustrate them, mm. or we'll draw. Yeah. Or we'll batter them. There you go. How much <laughs> do you want me to sit on the fence with that? <laughs> oh, I never said we'll lose though, did I? No. So. Please don't happen. No. That's been a long episode with a couple of rants in it. Been a while since we've done a ranty episode. I know, right? You got anything to add? I've just got cramp. <laughs> ah, I'm so old. No, that can't be the end of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got nothing to add at all, so that can be it. <laughs> oh, man, it you know when you just stop it before it goes aggressive? Yeah. I'm just going to stay very still. <laughs> And some said he didn't move until the next podcast. (laughs) Should we end it there? BS, take care of yourself. Drink lots of water, take deep breaths, don't get cramped. And we'll see you in the next episode of Talking Wednesday. See ya.